This is VH Snack. We're back and we're V8 snacking today, and uh, I'm Josh. I'm Phil. Welcome back to V8 snacking. Welcome back. In. It's good to be here. It's How are old, you, buddy? It's, I'm wonderful today. I feel really good. I'm very happy to be here with you and be talking about one of my favorite films ever. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, before we jump into it, I feel like we need to give a quick shout out to everybody from Carolina Fear Fest. If you came up to the booth yes. and you said what's up and you got a sticker... Thanks for stopping by. We enjoyed chatting with everybody. Yeah, we just released our first three episodes, and this will be our fourth. So also thanks to everybody that's tuned in and listened. That's really awesome. We've got some really cool feedback, so we're happy that people are enjoying it. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Quick question. Is that a stone cold ring you have on? If you want it to be, it can be, but it's not. Oh. It does look like a stone cold <laughs> ring, though. You know the logo I'm talking about? Absolutely. Like with the skull? Yeah. Dun, 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 oh, dun, dun. man. I mean, I kind of want one of those now, but that's what I thought it was. Well, hey, buddy, if you, you're, you know. You should just tell people it is. All right. Well, maybe I will from now on. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, Angus. Yeah. I've religiously watched this movie growing up, and you had seen it once, once? right? Once. Yeah. So, I really like this dynamic because I have tons of nostalgia for, for this movie, and you have, I would assume, very little, right? Because it wasn't a big part of your life growing up. It wasn't a big part. Um, while I was watching it, some stuff came back to me. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. this is where this part happens. But yeah, this it wasn't a big part of my life. So memorable, but not integral. Right. Okay. So cool. you're driving the ship on this episode. Oh, I would be glad to be the captain yes, of this one. Captain Josh. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess we should start where we usually do is, and how like we just talked about this. But I mean, this movie was so important to me growing up i think it was part of like this is like a coming of age film i felt like this movie was like about my life i mean i connected to it so much i I rented it all the time just like it was one of those like rentals where i at least kept picking it up because i wanted to watch that movie again and again um what struck a chord for you as a multiple young man so i was i remember this movie especially being impactful when i was in eighth grade because when i was in eighth grade I was really good at baseball, okay? And mm-hmm. he's pretty good at football, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a redeeming quality that I had, but I was getting made fun of all the time. I was a fat kid. I had the same haircut as Angus. Who did it? I mean, yeah, it was- 95, it, that it, floppy bowl cut? That was it, the look, It was dude. the bowl cut, yeah. That was the look. So, I mean, I was like, well, I was in eighth grade in like 98, 99. So, I think like I was a, maybe a little late to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember seeing it in the theater or whatever, but I remember seeing it, uh, watching it a lot when I was in eighth grade. It just like totally- you know, feeling that way. I mean, there's so many things in this movie that happened to me too. I never punched any kid in the nose though. I never broke Rick Sanford's nose really? or, or Rick Sanford's <laughs> equal. Yeah. So I wasn't very violent, but I played football or excuse me. I played baseball as he played football. Um, I was totally a fat kid. Um, pretty smart, you know, got good grades. Um, but also like, had a crush on like you know the popular girl in school like the the, the mm. pretty girl and um i got made fun of by a few different people and you know i never had my underwear run up the flagpole though <laughs> that would be yeah. pretty brutal um so yeah i mean i just really related to this film and um we'll get into it but the message in this film really i think helped me be myself honestly yeah right on sounds like a had an impact on your life so that's good yeah yeah and a lot of the themes in the movie um while it pertains to like middle school high school bullying and stuff like the essence of the movie is still it's a universal message that you can relate to as a somebody in your 30s 40s whatever totally i mean it's it's still i mean because the message that i get from it is that no matter how hard it seems or how much you get pushed down or Mm -hmm. how how weird you think you are mm-hmm. that you are unique and you have your own unique things to offer and that you should just be yourself. Yeah. This movie has a, a universal theme. Um, I'm sure we've all heard the expression high school never ends. Right. You know, there's still, I'm sure anybody listening to this at your work, there's still like that dynamic of, it's just a, a, a normal social thing. You get a group of people together. You're going to have like a, 
this pecking order is going to form yeah. sometimes. And there's going to be like, you know, there's adult bullies. You know, we think of totally. bullies as like, hey, twerp, give me your lunch money. Yeah. You know, it's not that form, but it just evolves into something else. It's a little more subtle, but those kind of those kind of elements never really go away. I but, agree. But, yeah. um, you know, the older you get and the hopefully the wiser, it's easier to spot that shit. Yeah, it's easier to be like, you don't have to go to like science class and deal with these people. You can like avoid them. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and sometimes you can't, like you said, if you work with them, but sometimes they're in your own little uh, friend group. You yeah, know? it happens. I mean, but I think that this movie really teaches you how to deal with that too. Mm-hmm. Like that whole dynamic. So it's really cool. Yeah. It's like, I see what you're doing, motherfucker. I, I, let's see it. Yeah. You know, hey, mean, you, don't, you don't, you're coming off like the, the bully from Karate Kid right now, but you don't, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You're like the good looking blonde bully that nobody, you know, <laughs> everybody's supposed to like, but nobody really does, you know? So, but the older, the older you get, um, the more it's like, it's just kind of laughable. Like you pick up on that stuff and like, all right. Yeah, fuck, dude, it's okay, corny. Okay, I mean, like yourself. it. Just if, if somebody's going to, I mean, anybody that's a bully obviously has their own problems. You know, if you're still bullying people in your thirties, like right. your life probably isn't that great anyway. So yeah, yeah. true. Well, I'm sure we'll uh, touch on those little topics throughout uh-huh. as a very prominent theme in the movie, of course. Sure. So yeah, real quick with me, I, I rented this movie a couple times. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Didn't, uh, it wasn't one that. I mean, I related to it a lot being the, uh, I wasn't like a, a fat kid by any means, but when you're the skater metalhead kid growing oh, yeah. up in the rural South, you definitely have to put up with some shit from students and teachers alike. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, of course I, I related to, you know, to it in that way. I was the double whammy. So I was like, I was still like the the rocket. Like I was kind of like, you know, alternative and, but also a fat kid. And then like kind of coming into my own. And, um, yeah, I mean, I gotta be honest, man, revisiting this, this movie today was like kind of emotional for me because it, you, you, I haven't seen this movie in a few years, at Mm -hmm. least maybe more. And going back to it, I I don't say want to say I was nervous going back to it. But I was like, man, what if what if it doesn't really hold up or all this? Because I love Angus, right? Mm-hmm. In my head, it's it's such a, a wonderful movie, and I, I've definitely been talking about it for a long time. Actually, I had a production meeting with Ted about some lunch meat stuff this morning, and uh, yeah, I told him I was recording this episode later, and he was he was like, oh, so what movie are you gonna do for VH Snacking? And I was like, we're gonna do Angus, and he's like, oh, finally doing Angus, huh? And I was like, yeah, he's <laughs> like, dude, you've been talking about that movie since I first met you. Wow, and that was like you know, 15, 16 years ago. So That's I cool. mean, yeah, I love this film. So yeah. Uh, did you have the soundtrack growing up? No, but I did love green day and I know that you're a big fan of green day. They could have just called this movie green dangus. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I cannot believe that green day was not performing at the high school prom at the end of this movie. I Could, can see it now. Couldn't get them. Like They're when uh, Angus pushes down Rick, I could, I can just picture the cut to Billy, Billy Joel making a, Ooh, face. Like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Mike, Mike Durnt's like, go get him. Or yeah. like like <laughs> Trey cool's like right on Angus. Yeah, totally, man. Oh man. That would be cool. But, um, I noticed that the producer of this film was also a producer at reprise records. Right. And, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. So it, that's why they're all over this movie. That's why they're on the radio and like their, their name has dropped a few times. And, um, I think Dookie had just come out right when, when this 95, n- either 94? had just come out or it was about to Dookie was the first cassette I ever bought and Wait, the first CD I ever bought. Dookie was 94, 94. Yeah. So it was definitely already out. Yeah. It was already out and they were, they were huge at this time and, um, so, I mean, that's another reason I really gravitated toward this movie is because that, that jar, uh, song they do, that's the title oh, of the song right. they do. Yeah. yeah. And it was like all over and, I, um, I think it was the only way to get, like we talked about this before. I think it was the only way to get that song is on that soundtrack. Yeah. So. We have touched upon that topic before our love for soundtracks. And that was how you discover new bands back in the day. It's Absolutely. like you might buy a soundtrack for green day. And then you're like, yo, Oh, who's uh who's Weezer. I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. What's this song about? Uh, two gay dads. Like, yeah. Well, they didn't use that one, right? <laughs> yeah, no. which is yeah. interesting. We should talk about that. Sure. So, um, in the movie, 
apparently both of Angus's parents, both Kathy Bates and the father, were supposed to be gay, but they didn't do it. They didn't follow through with it mm-hmm. because they kind of wrote that off because they said the father dies while she was having birth. Right. But they all, they never allude to any kind of partner or anything for Kathy Bates' character, his mom. You know who it was supposed to be? No, I don't, I don't know. The Dr. Giggles guy, Larry. Larry Drake? Is yes. That, wow. Yeah, he was the gay dad. Man, that would have been awesome. There's a cut of that movie somewhere. I mean, from what I read, that version aired on TBS briefly for like a couple months. Yeah, it was TNT it, or TBS or one of both. Yeah, something like that. And it just kind of disappeared into obscurity. Yeah, because there's a bunch of extended scenes and mm-hmm. things like that. But I bet yeah. somebody has that recorded on a VHS tape somewhere. Absolutely, and I need it. So if there's anybody listening out there that has the <laughs> TNT version of Angus, please hit me up. Hit up Josh. I make need his it. Life, I, I will shower, <laughs> VH, shower you with love. If, if you can please get me this cut of this movie, I would love to see it because um, I don't really remember it all. And, and, you know, there's some really cool extra scenes and stuff. But it's interesting how they they took that out, you know. So, I mean, but they do address a lot of things in this movie. Like you said, bullying. Um, yeah, well, um, apparently they had a lot of pushback because this is 95, and I guess I should say I'm surprised by it, but there was a lot of pressure on, like, oh, like gay father can't have that. Yeah, and that's a shame because that would have been pretty groundbreaking for this film. Yeah, and when they were filming this in Minnesota, they had parents would show up and picket the production of this really? movie. Yep. Wow, that's insane i mean it's not because of the time but like no gay go away yeah holy crap that's awful <laughs> let's go make some popcorn yeah. and protest the <laughs> angus movie yeah boy i hope ed wasn't there you know oh no uh, sorry uh, minnesota yeah, I, yeah. I love minnesota yeah. minnesotans yeah um but yeah man i mean they they deal with bulimia in this movie that's right that, yeah. i think this might have been one of the first times i really like heard anyone address bulimia in like any kind of movie hmm. or anything like that you know what i mean and yeah uh, angus's response is pretty funny so what is his response he's like she's like do you know i'm bulimic do you know what that is and he's like i'm a fat kid of course i know what that is <laughs> he's like it's when you eat too much and you chuck it up so you don't look like me Ugh. and then his his joke afterward he's like i even tried it once i stuck my finger down my throat but i was still hungry so i almost ate my own arm <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's so good, dude. That's so good. Yeah. Well, Josh, where do you want to start with this movie? I mean, I think, you know, we we should talk about, like, we talked about what the movie's about. I mean, basically, it's about this really insecure fat kid who's really sweaty, and he's in love with, like, you know, the prettiest girl in school, but he is uh, terrorized by the quarterback. James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Who? Mm. This is James Vanderbeek's first ever TV movie role. His movie role. first movie, and by all accounts, is a great dude. And he, after he made this movie, he wouldn't talk about it a lot because he's anti-bullying and all that, and yeah. he just was kind of turned off by the character. But so James Vanderbeek is a good dude, but his character is an asshole. Yeah, and he really is. Like he's. My, one of my favorite parts of this movie that keeps recurring is like you broke his nose angus yeah. <laughs> like she i think he breaks his nose at least like four or five times in this movie yeah as he's growing up so but yeah and then he has his little sidekick uh troy troy you might know him as the shermanator that's right yeah and he's a really great sidekick super funny um i think the most prominent thing in this movie for me it's funny is is it's the comedy but it's also there's so much drama in this movie and the dramatic acting is really good too. So, I mean, but, uh, you know, this is, um, Charlie Talbert. He plays Angus. This is his first movie as well. That's right. He was discovered at a Wendy's late one night telling jokes to the cashier. Yeah. It was a crowded restaurant and apparently he had the attention of everybody and the director just happened to be there and he was like, Hey, do you want to be in a movie? So, that's where that relationship started. That's incredible. I mean, truly incredible because what are the chances of that happening? And I mean, yeah. and he is so good in this movie to think that he was had no acting per, like experience before this. Yeah, it's really impressive uh, given that he had no experience. That's... Yeah, I mean, he's he is 
in, really excellent in this film. He becomes Angus, you know, and it's it's not even just his his physical comedy and like the way he delivers his lines, but he also does a lot of voiceover narration and that's gotta be tough to do too. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he's setting the scene for everything and he does an an amazing job. So I, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I heard an interview with him and he said that during the production, when he was doing the voiceover, he found out that they were taking out the, the gay dad stuff and he wasn't happy about it. Right. A lot of people weren't. And he said that I can't pinpoint what exact what exact times, but he said that you can hear it in his voice that he wasn't happy. I guess maybe he was doing the narration with like a sarcasm or something. So Well, he has this incredible sarcasm through most of the movie, right? Yeah, like he lo- does. And from interviews I've heard with him, he's still it's a a good sarcastic. Like he's very quick witted and mm-hmm. kind of a I guess some would say a smart ass, but not in a bad way. No, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's a little wry and sarcastic and mm-hmm. he's funny though, you yeah. know, and he's got a good sense of humor. So, I mean, and this is definitely a defining role for him. He worked a lot after this movie. Like, I think he still works up to this day as, as, as far as I know, but he has a lot of credits on IMDb. He's done a lot of different things. Here's something funny. So Vanderbeek became famous from Varsity Blues, right? That's right. And doesn't he play the quarterback in Varsity Blues? I don't want your life. <laughs> <laughs> he like doesn't he play I don't Yeah, not, he, he does. He does, right? Yeah. And isn't it like the the colors of the Varsity Blues teams like isn't it blue. blue and silver? Yep. Like in this movie? And Charlie Talbot? Talbert, I think. Tal I thought Talbert? That it's T A L B O T. Talbot. Talbot. Mm, okay. I'm going to say Charlie. Okay. Uh Charlie auditioned for the role of Billy Bob in Varsity Blues, but Obviously, he didn't get it. But he got it for the TV show three years later. Really? I just looked it up. Wow. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure it says Billy Bob for the Varsity Blues TV show. (laughs) Okay. So isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's all kinds of connections there. But back to Angus. I mean, so the comedy duo um, is is awesome. Yeah. And then we have to talk about Kathy Bates and George C. Scott, which are supporting characters, but do such a great job. I mean, I watched this again. Kathy Bates is like almost barely in this movie. Yeah. So, I mean. She needed to be in it more. Yeah, I think think. so too. But she made a really great impact when she was in it. Yeah. Um, Did a great job. And then, you know, they never really allude to her sexuality at all. You know, I don't think that they do. But there's this one scene. This is a great segue into George C. Scott. Where she's like, you know, she might, you know, Angus gets made fun of all the time and they mm-hmm. you know, run his underwear up the flagpole. And George C. Scott is like, that was you, kid. Third grade. You know, mm-hmm. and you turned out great. And But they never really allude to any kind of relationship for her at all that I can recall. And I just watched it this morning. So, yeah, uh, some of that stuff feels a little janky. Mm hmm feels a little spliced together because they probably had to cut a bunch of stuff yeah and and rearrange it you know what i mean maybe i'm imagining this but wasn't the grandfather character not even in the original script it was just the two gay dads and he was replaced by the grandfather george c scott yeah so that's why the grandfather marrying a lady 30 years younger that little subplot just didn't feel right to me i like after he dies and she's like See, I remembered his pills. <laughs> I thought it was so sweet. See, like I feel, I feel the opposite way. I think that like it was a really good save on their part because Angus is different, right? And I mm-hmm. think they really hammered home the entire in, in time that he's just different, you know, and not necessarily in a good way. You know, people see him as weird or a freak or, or something like that. And, a, mm-hmm. and a, a grandfather who's very, you know, what is he like seventy three, and she's like what forty seventy one. No, he's 73. <laughs> That's what he says he's at 73. Because he's like, Grandpa, you're 73. And he's like, meh. <laughs> Yo, he, like corrects, he corrects Kathy Bates at one point. Or yeah. Angus, he's like, I'm 71 or 72. Kathy like, ba- he, yeah, he, Kathy Bates is like, you're 72. Yeah, he subtracts about a year. And he's like, I'm 71. And then she gets up from the table because he like fakes that he's asleep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Grandpa, you're 73. Oh. Yeah. See, okay, you're the expert here. There's, there's no, a lot yeah, of this. Yeah. I, I, I know haven't this seen this heart. movie enough to know like every little detail in line. Like a. It's funny. I haven't seen it in years, and just coming back to it, it's just man. 
It's just so good. Like, can I ask you this? Yeah. I don't know what it was like in Jersey where you grew up, but here in North Carolina, um, we never had, at least at my high school, these cliche dynamics that you see in a lot of movies. Like, I couldn't tell you who the fucking quarterback was or who the cheerleading squad was never like a big deal. Like, I couldn't tell you a single person. So there was never this, like, the star quarterback dating the head cheerleader and the jocks walking down the hallways with the jackets. Like, that dynamic just never existed. So did did that ever happen for you? Was Well, I mean, it happened more in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade for me. Really? And this is when I had a pretty... It was a very transformative time for me. You know what I mean? And, like, when I got to high school... My eighth grade summer changed everything because I started to play music with older kids. So, and then I, you know, I didn't care about popularity or anything like that because I was really happy because I had older friends and I had my first girlfriend really ever, mm-hmm. you know, my freshman year. And then I just, I kind of like in my freshman year when I turn, I guess you're like 14 or 15. Yeah. I started like to like that. thin out. Like I started mm-hmm. to like hit, I guess. Well, I mean, you're six too. You're tall fellow i've always been a big kid like i was yeah. like 510 like 180 when i was in like seventh grade damn but so you could I, break a few noses yeah i could have <laughs> see that's the thing but i was totally like not like that i mean you know me i'm like not very aggressive or, or whatever and i mean but that's why i felt like the only thing that i wasn't like angus was like he broke people's noses and i just didn't have the guts to do that you know so but to answer your question some a little bit like in eighth grade there were definitely like kids that had more money that were more popular you know what i mean and i was kind of a weird kid i was into like weird horror movies and you know like you know green day and and stuff like that and people are listening to like backstreet boys and you know all that kind of stuff so well you replaced green day with corn and i'm right there with you yeah i mean i was listening to corn too though (laughs) like you know i really was and um but talking about like the whole thing is like they here in angus they prank him by making him the the winter ball king Mm-hmm. With Melissa Lefevre, who he's obsessed with, you know? Yeah. And I I had pranks like that pulled on me. Like, I was never made the king of anything. But I remember this one very specific instance, and it kind of brought the memory back watching this movie, where I had a crush on a girl, and she was, like, the prettiest girl in eighth grade. And then three of my quote-unquote friends said, hey, Danielle really wants to talk to you, and you should go talk to her right before lunch ends. Mm-hmm. He was like, just ask her out, man. She's going to say yeah. And I was like, really? Like, we're dead serious, dude. She likes you. Like, go over and ask her out. So I waited till like the last minute of lunch, like they like they told me to do. And I got up and I sat at her table. I was like, hey, um, do, do you want to go out? And she's like, no. And then Those started laughing fuckers. at me. And then the bell rang. And then everybody's like laughing at me. Oh. Uh. Like that, that's that uh, moment where like your underwear is up the flagpole. Like that yeah. was the moment for me that I'll never forget. I just felt so crappy, you know? And like, oh, man. but that stuff was happening to me in eighth grade, you know what I mean? And, um, and they did it at school dances too. I, they were like, yo, go up and ask this girl to dance. She wants to dance with you. And then I would go over to the girl and they would just laugh at me. Like this stuff happened like for sure. Mm. And I think that's why I like related to this movie so much. So, sure. um, and I think it's it's interesting in Angus because, you know, he has pretty much has one friend. Who, Troy, and he Troy. is a horny little fella. Oh, yeah. He's all about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> her bod, bud. <laughs> little stomach muscles. Your little stomach muscles. <laughs> well, Josh, you know what? Let's uh, let's jump into, we usually do top three, top three moments, moments. or just you know, moments that stand out to you, like your favorite parts of the movie, big or small. Sure. So what do you got? What's, uh, what do you think of when you think of this movie? Oh man, this whole movie's great. Let me just try to think. I knew, and obviously I knew this question was coming, so I tried to think it over, but, um, well, we already talked about it when his underwear goes up the flagpole and then he looks at it and then the underwear is like 25 times the size of the flag. Totally, totally hilarious. Um, I really like, okay, so there's a scene where he's sitting in the car with his grandpa, right? He's like, like, why are you not confident? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and Angus is like, I don't, he's like, I sweat so much. And he's like, everybody sweats. And he's like, I don't sweat. I rain. (laughs) It's like one of my favorite, one of my favorite lines. And then like, he, that's when Troy tries to get him to change his hair. 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like in the car and he's like touching his hair and he's like He's like, look at your hair. He's like, what's wrong with my hair? He's like, it looks ridiculous. And he's like, it's an experiment, damn it. And he like touches it and makes that like sound like there's tons of hairspray in it. Yeah. God, I love that. Um, I love like there's he's so clever inside of all of this. Like he's sharp. He's so sharp inside this whole movie, like the way his his cracks and like the way he like snaps back at stuff and like all the all of his dialogue is really witty. You know, mm-hmm. and really fun and really smart. Like he's very precocious for his age. Obviously, he's very smart. He's gonna, he's trying to get into this, you know, all science high school, right? So obviously, he's very smart. So I mean, there's tons of comedy, and I can go on and on about that. But I think, like I said, there's some really great dramatic moments in this film, and I really think the la- the final scene at the dance where he kind of puts uh, Rick in his place, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> be here you'll push me down and i'll get right back up again 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 and again i could beat you right here right now but i don't want to be better than you rick i don't want to be better than anybody i want to be who i am a fat kid who's good at science and fair at football that's who i am i can live with it why can't you because it's not normal you're not normal and who is you it's your ass And so what, to be normal? We all have to be like you? There are 400 people in this room that are nothing like you. Some of them are fat, some of them are skinny, some of them are tall, some of them are short, some of them have braces, some of them have birthmarks, or scars, or frizzy hair, or ears that stick out. But most of them probably walk through these halls every day, never telling anybody the truth about what they really want or need or believe because people like you normal people like you have them terrified of being who they are I mean if you're normal what does that make them so which is it Rick are you normal or are you just one of us whatever I am something you're never gonna be thank God oh man yeah, that speech like, was... That speech is amazing. Yeah, and he said that they did that in one take. It seems like it. It so. seems very natural, and it seems very powerful. And, like, I got to be honest with you, man. When I was watching this movie today, like, I was laughing out loud multiple times. It still hits. And then in the third act of the movie, um, when George C. Scott, his character, like, suddenly passes away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't crying. I was raining, dude. Oh, man. Dude, I was... I in like the in the the last third act of the third act of this movie I was crying and laughing like at the same time and it's still so powerful like this and this might be my nostalgia talking you know but because uh, I can't really tell the difference but I mean the the movie is it's powerful dude like it it made me almost feel like I was back where I was and like it made me remember how this movie made me feel and mm. like it was like a whole experience like I like everybody's gonna laugh at me probably but like. I I cried during the credits because it was like, man, it took me back to a place and it was just so cool and it just felt so amazing. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. That's, that's cool that a, a movie can strike a chord like that. Uh, and it also yeah. makes you appreciate where you are now. Totally. And it does, you, you know, and yeah. it totally does. And it made me think, I think in a moment that like this move me, this movie gave me more confidence to be myself no matter what, you that's know, awesome. and like, I could feel it like looking back, I was like, man, you know what? Like, that's why I got so emotional is because you can remember how it influenced you. And it really made me because that's such a a hard time in your life when you're like, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, you're trying to figure out who you are and like what you like. Yeah. Then puberty hits and you're like, what's happening? It gets, what? (laughs) I like Angus. It's my favorite movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's... um Can't stop jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Angus, a cow's name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, those are the moments. It's funny that the moments come from out of the movie and like start to happen like my own moments today. Like I had moments with this movie and it was really cool, man. I'm really, really thankful to revisit it and be able to talk to it, talk about it here with you and share it with people because I feel, I feel like we all have these kinds of movies that you know, at least for me anyway, or, or film fans that kind of 
you know, the movies that influence you to help you be who you are kind of, Yeah. you know, and I think this was definitely a movie for me. So, well, what about your moments? What movements do you like? Um, before we jump into them, I, when I was watching this, something for some reason I've been thinking about over the last couple months, I had a realization that aside from like maybe one or two people that I occasionally check in with, you don't talk to anybody from high school. Like most people rarely do, but Mm -hmm. when you're in it, like going through middle school and high school, it's the biggest thing in the world to, you know, it is your world. Yeah. It's literally your world. But at the same time, it's so just in the end, it really doesn't. Well, I don't want to quote Lincoln Park. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You have to, you just did. You don't even have to finish the quote. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Mr. Mike Shinoda. But yeah. um, (laughs) One thing. Don't ask why. So what I'm trying to say is all that shit. It's so just a small part of your life in the long run, you know, even though at the time it seemed like such a big deal, like your, your girlfriend or your, your best friends or the bully or the, the teachers and all that. Like I talked to a few people, but only if people that I was friends with since grade school, you know, and right. you know, things like that here and there. And it's not like an everyday kind of thing really, you know, and there, I still have a lot of best friends back home in Jersey. That I still talk to you, but I mean, they were, they're all older than me, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, when I was in eighth grade summer, that's when I got my first girlfriend. As I was going into into high school and stuff, you know, I started to hang out with with older kids because I was pretty good at I picked up guitar pretty well. And one of my good friends, Kyle, um, he was the best drummer in our town, like by far. And I hung out with him, so I kind of came along with him as a package deal. So like as a guitar player and he was a drummer, so like it was just it was kind of ch- life changing. You know, but to to speak to what you're saying, how that stuff doesn't matter later, like yeah, I mean, I think like it's important to go through it because it, is it develops That's you, what I was going to say. It's developed formative. you as a person, but the the social dynamics and all that shit really doesn't in the long run doesn't matter. No, I mean it can. That's awesome if you have like a people that you still keep in contact yeah, extended with. relationships and friendships that last that long and people you're really lucky if you have friendships that last that long and those kind of relationships actually that know? dynamic that you just described is me and my friend nikki he's like one of the still like a monster of a drummer yeah he was a grade above me so yeah. we used to jam together so yeah it's cool kind of odd <laughs> yeah i mean these the thing is is like we i still talk today I think that's what's great about Angus too is because it really nails like even though it's pretty stereotypical throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. I feel like it's super relatable you know and I mean I, I don't I can't think of a more relatable movie for me you know going like being in eighth grade and feeling like that and feeling really intimidated by you know freshman year and all the things and having a crush on somebody that just seems like completely out of your reach you know yeah. what I mean you have to tell us your moments though okay before, before we get off too far. That's fine. Uh, my moments. So this moment really, this was the one that I was expecting to happen when I revisited this the mm-hmm. other day. I was like this. I do remember this moment because I rewound this moment many times as a kid when they announced Angus as the winter ball king. Yeah. Winter ball king. And Troy says, okay. Um, hey. and this year's winter ball king is. Not Rick. Not Rick. Not Rick. Not Rick. Uh, 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 Angus Bethune? All right! Holy shit! <laughs> like, I yeah. thought that shit was so funny as a kid. I mean, I remember just rewinding that moment over and over again. That's the last thing that happens at the end of the credits, too. What? If you watch it all the way to the end credits, uh-huh. it's just Troy saying, holy shit. Really? That's it. Yeah. Okay. It's all pretty right. awesome. That is a great moment, though, where, like, and he and Angus is, like, the only person wearing red. Like, it's like, Don't you, didn't you get the memo? Today's school, pro, school spirit oh, day. Oh, that's right. He's like, well, maybe if you stop making such of a big deal out of it, nobody will notice. <laughs> <laughs> Their rapport in this movie is amazing. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, number two. I think I'll go with Kathy Bates' speech to the grandpa. 
I cried. That's the best moment of acting in the movie. Mm-hmm. And let me just say, I think Kathy Bates was needed more in this movie. Um, I, I, you realize how little she is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Number three. Let's mm. see. I got to go with the, I know we already talked about it, but the speech from Angus so to Rick. Good. It's it really is so good. good. Yeah. yeah. So those are my three. And I guess I just have to say this. I don't want to break your heart. Please don't break my nose when I say this. But <laughs> Josh is balling up his fist right now. Um, I enjoy this movie, but nothing in it. I was like busting out laughing and the dramatic moments didn't grip me. Like, I think it's a really good movie. It's a really solid movie. Maybe it's because I don't have that same nostalgia for it. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a, a good movie. A lot of it feels a, a tad bit formulaic. Mm-hmm. The story mm-hmm. and the, the grandpa dying part. I know a lot of people say that that part makes them ball their eyes out. And that's totally get it if it does. But for me, when I was rewatching it, it just felt a little. It was like, all right, we got to throw this emotional curveball in there now. And yeah, when Angus comes downstairs and makes the crying face. That's when they could have used Kathy Bates because she just stares at him for a brief second. There should have been like some kind of interaction there, I think. Maybe there was. You know, there's a lot of stuff that was cut from this film. Yeah. You know. And then when Angus goes to his chest buddy and lays down the king, I'm like, come on. (laughs) Are you serious? I think that's like one of the best parts of the movie, dude. Oh, my God. See, this why I don't break my nose. I mean, I, I see you looking I, at me and you're like, oh, you bastard. I just can't believe it. I, I am really, I love this though, because I like when we can disagree about stuff and talk about it because that's what makes this stuff more interesting. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I think that is so, such like a heart rending scene and like it, it's just, I don't know. It made me cry. Like in the soundtrack, which, you know, we'll talk about more, but the soundtrack to this film is amazing. You know, and like mm. it was very of the time, right? But it still feels, I wouldn't say fresh, but it feels like vibrant, you know? And, and mm. it, it really like, I don't know, I think there's a lot of good stuff on there in the soundtrack. And um, it, I don't know, it just kind of captures a time for me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that you that you thought it, it felt kind of like sappy, you know? Because I thought it was, I thought those scenes are very authentic and cool and uh heartwarming while also heartbreaking you know because you can see this you can see angus becoming a young adult and coming through all of his uh, insecurities and Mm -hmm. taking his insecurities and turning them into him his strengths like this is who i am yeah you know and i think that's really really cool and it was really powerful then and i thought it was really powerful today again when i watched it and that's why it breaks my heart to say it i'd well, I mean, your candor is appreciated, dude, and I'm sure yeah. the listeners appreciate it. You Did know, you because... ever see when uh, Shawn Michaels gave Ric Flair the sweet chin music? <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I love he you. Said, I'm sorry. I, I think Before he says, I love you, too. <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> yes. yes. That's you know what I've just felt like just now. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I think it, it's great to have both of these perspectives here, right? Yeah, I because mean. Because I feel like this is our first episode where we're not both totally in love with this film. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, I really like the film. I'm, I, I want to like the movie more than I do. Like it's, it's a movie that I, I, I can really champion and get behind. And I, the message of the movie is great. The, everything is technically, technically good, but there's yeah. just something about it. It just didn't grab me the, the way it has for some people. And that's okay. You know, I, totally, man. I mean, like you, that's the thing is that I want to be able to have this conversation and like have people hear it and be like, well, Josh, is it just your nostalgia talking? Like, are you just in love with this movie because it came at the right time in your life? You know, and that very well might be so, but I don't think it makes that movie any less powerful. It doesn't. No, you can be nostalgic for something and still, I mean, like in the Dennis and Menace episode, we were like, is this our nostalgia talking? And I think it's not, I think it's just a good movie. Yeah. I mean, One other thing I have to say, when uh, Troy says, you get a boner in your stomach, (laughs) that's another moment. That's a good one. Yeah, and I've definitely repeated that line multiple times for no reason. Yeah, throw out some, uh, what were some some front runners for 
some contenders. Oh, I mean, well, the boner in your stomach thing is really good. Um, I don't know. He's the thing is his Angus is uh, narration. It's not. It's like it's he's so good, you know. And I just watched it this morning, but I mean, there's so many other moments. Well, we talked about one before we started recording when um, Angus is lifting weights and he hears Rick over the, oh the radio. My God, yeah. He wins the Green Day tickets, and <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I was just uh, walking, and uh, I heard the car uh, a car drive by with Green Day on the radio with the window down, so I decided to call on this payphone." Yeah, then he gets his quarterback. He's, he's like, like, "Hey, I just got my quarterback." <laughs> God, I hate that guy. Yeah. So that was kind of a perfect moment, I think. Yeah, and I mean, there's the like I want to talk more about the comedic rapport between Angus and Troy, and I love how they argue with each other and they like bicker, but then like ten seconds later, they're like best friends. Yeah, you know, and then like even when Troy totally betrays Angus with that footage of him trying to learn how to dance, mm-hmm. like even Angus just forgives him because he has a huge heart. You know, and I think that's really cool that like Troy, obviously, oh, now that I'm thinking about it, man, I know there's been a a couple of punk bands that have used this uh, clip, but Angus is right when Angus's grandpa dies and he's in the park Mm -hmm. and Troy walks up. I think this is the scene. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, Angus says, you just don't know how it feels. And Troy says, I don't know how it feels uh-huh. you think you're the only one that wakes up every day and wishes they were someone else you know who is that and i didn't know who it i didn't or, know what clip came. this came from until yeah. it's poison the well it is poison after the like well. 2002 yeah. ep yeah the first song on the little ep called torn i believe yep so but yeah that's a really powerful moment but when i heard that last night i was like there it is you see and, and yeah. there, there's the answer thank you yeah, so I think Poison, I know Poison the Well used it, and I think a couple other bands have used it too. I think we've talked about our mutual love of Poison the Well. Love Poison the oh, Well. Oh, God, so good. Man. So groundbreaking. Talk about being tough and emotional at the same time, man. Hey, man. That stuff rules. I know you're a tear from the red guy, huh? Yeah. I it's a good actually, album. It is a good album. I think You Come Before You is like... Because that was the one directly after Tear from the Red, right? Yeah, 2003. Yeah. Damn. I mean, that such era, a good album. Um... So ahead of its time. Too. It really was. That was a great band. But yeah, they used the clip from Angus. Yeah. So, and I think that was a really powerful moment. Um, there's a lot of powerful emotional moments, especially in the third act of this film. Like I said, it was like an emotional roller coaster, like with all the nostalgia pouring in, with the amazing performances, the like the back and forth between the comedy and and the, the dramatic aspects of it. I was reading a few, uh, just skimming through some reviews just to see what people were saying about this movie, you know, because I don't really, never really looked at reviews of it. And, you know, uh, it's much beloved. It has a 6.7 on IMDb, I believe. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. Yeah, yeah. it's a much beloved film. And I think it was a it was a coming of age film and a, a very formative film for a lot of people. You know what I mean? And, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, before I forget, you were talking about the relationship between Troy and Angus. They met on the set of this movie and are still really good friends to this day. They lived together for like 10 years. Really? Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. This was the start of their friendship. So well, you could cool. tell. I mean, they have great chemistry in the film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it, it felt real. Like when my I think about my best friends growing up, especially at this age, and like my best friend who used to... Uh, sleepover all the time his name was drew so drew if you're listening shout out to you bud shout out love you bud <laughs> but we grew up together you know we would rent videos together play video games he sat at my house every almost every weekend yeah you know? but first person i ever fought drew did you kick his ass no he kicked your ass well neither of us really kick each other's asses like we were still like best friends but we yeah. like, we we would punch each other in the face sometimes you know and we do I, that. I remember. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna punch <laughs> me. I'm gonna time. punch you in the face as soon as we get outside. For <laughs> Angus sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, now that we're all the air, I'm gonna give you a piece of no, my No, I would never. But the first detention I ever got, and I think the first detention he ever got, was because, you know, you get in an argument with your friend, and we were out in front of of I think it was sixth or seventh grade, and he pushed me, and I pushed him back, and the teacher saw it, and we both got detention, and we were like devastated. But you were like, no, we're friends. Like we, this yeah, is what we do. Yeah, and we both said that I think, and they didn't care. They still gave us both attention. Dang. Yeah, 
But that's the thing is like when you have best friends like that, sometimes it you have these riffs, you know, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It just, like I said, like this movie mirrored my life so much and it was just so funny how it was spot on. Like maybe my childhood was kind of formulaic, who knows, but I think like those formulas come from truths, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think it was just really spot on and at the right time. Um one thing that we I forgot to mention that I want to say is George C. Scott's performance is awesome in yeah. this movie. He is hilarious. I think he's a fan, fantastic actor in general. Yeah, Patton. Yeah, I mean Patton. And then yeah. there, there's a nod to Patton in this because whenever he falls asleep, they put on the oh yeah the uh, bugle call. Yeah, didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, so there's a nod to that role in here. Josh, I got to tell you, all this nostalgia. Get me a little hungry. Oh, I definitely have a big appetite this right is, now. Uh, and I this, cannot wait. This is VH snacking. This is VH snacking. Now, I'm I'm hoping that my snack makes up for the fact that you know, I broke the news to you. You already you already forgive. I had to bud. give you the sweet chin music. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, are you saying I'm like Ric Flair? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're a legend. Oh, that's know? that's killer, dude. I appreciate but. that doesn't stop you from getting you're that definitely the heartbreak music. kid over here you <laughs> know what i mean kid. you are by god it's Shawn michaels um <laughs> so you know the scene where kathy bates is uh they're getting ready for the wedding mm-hmm. and she's freaking out because they don't have enough meatballs are these the meatballs <laughs> yes so i made some meatballs but right. these are special meatballs i found a recipe it's meatballs in a chili sauce and grape jelly so it, the plum yeah the plum tucks exactly a oh, beautiful so we got we got plum tucks meatballs but these are meatless balls right that's right yes because um, in case I'm, anybody didn't know i'm vegetarian so feels a veggie yes so they are vegan plum tucks meatballs god i can't wait they have been simmering in my crock pot for a few hours now and uh I don't know about you. I'm I'm literally hungry. I'm, I'm really hungry. Yeah. Like yeah, trying my, to get a dot. Yeah. So we are going to uh, go go eat some meatballs. Yeah, these uh, plum tucks meatballs. No, I gotta say, apparently jelly meatballs are a thing. I didn't know that, but I'm really excited. Yeah, it's. I've heard it's more of a thing in like the Midwest, and I've never heard of it. But yeah, well, let's go for it. I think we're gonna listen to some clips of Angus and. Yeah. Try these plum tucks chili meatballs. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we will be right back. You're looking at it. Is this a joke, Mr. Bethune? No. I'm hoping to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration, something different. The chaos theory. The Bethune theory. Your hypothesis? When a small abnormal element is forced into a larger normal system, the element will either be rejected or destroyed. Obviously. But it doesn't have to be that way. If... If... If the element is brave. Brave. If the element can hold out long enough and face the torment of the system until the system's energy is depleted, if the element can look the system in the eye and say, I'm still here, asshole, then the system will have to change, adapt, mutate. And if this happens, it'll approve my fucking point. Which is what? There is no normal. Angus, where are you going? To mutate. And we are back. Man, how were those meatballs, bud? That was more than a snack, man. They were so so good. I just had a full (laughs) meal. Can't even talk. They were delicious, dude. They were really good. I I was surprised. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I told you, I mean, I wouldn't even have been able to tell that they were meatless meatballs. Very simple to make. So I just, you just put chili sauce in a crock pot that you can buy. You know, Heinz makes it. That's the brand I use. And you put about about two cups of grape jelly in it. Mix it all together. And add your meatballs and put that baby on low. Let it simmer for about four or five hours. And that's it. Very yeah, I, simple to make. I just ate about 14 of them. So. Oh, we're, 
crushed snacking on those all night. Yeah, I crushed those. Yeah. Um, so excellent choice. Thank you, thank you. I love that you took a little detail of of the movie about the meatballs and the catering and turned it in and, and combined it something. with the with the purple because yeah. I have a random question for you. You like EDM? Yeah, not really. I mean, like I, I, you don't like eating dang meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I think you're a fucking liar, bro. Yeah, but you are. Be- I am lying because I loved eating those. Was, oh, my God. I really ate like 14 or 15 of those things, man. Yeah. It was pretty dang good. <laughs> but yeah, you said uh, the, the recipe was super easy. They were very delicious. And um, like I said, the, <clears throat> the, the tuxedo was kind of, you know, symbolic. Yeah. Because Angus is different, mm-hmm. right? You know, uh, George C. Scott has this wonderful uh, monologue where he talks about, like, Superman isn't brave. and Right. You know, it doesn't make sense at first, but Superman's indestructible, right? So if if you are indestructible, how can you be brave? Because nothing's going to harm you anyway. And I just think there's a lot of really heartfelt, great stuff in this movie. And it's really cool because when he opens the uh, the box, it says, do not open if you're Superman. And that always gets me, too. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Um but yeah, way to fold that in there. Oh, because hey. the plum tuxedo. Well, I had great. to make it up for you. I knew I was gonna like kind of upset you, but I am not upset, honestly, okay. man. I I want I want you I want and I want everybody to know that I, I do have a special place in my heart for this movie, and I think other people do too. But like, if you did not see it when you were younger, and it didn't influence your life, etc you probably feel a little differently about it. I mean, it is still a super solid movie. It's still a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that it really helped me kind of figure out that it was okay to just be myself, no matter if, if not everybody liked me or that I was a little different or things like that. And I think that's the power of this movie. And that's why I wanted to do it for a VH Snacking episode because it like, you know, I had not seen it for a while and rewatching it was great. There were a couple of things I wanted to talk about that I don't think we talked about is M- Melissa LaFever. Yes, um, from <clears throat> Jurassic Park. That's her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's it's her in, in the uh you know the the un- unobtainable girl role. Yeah. And uh she does a good job. And like that's a really dramatic moment at the end when she uh admits that she has bulimia or that she suffers from it. It's pretty good. Yeah, that was a good touch, like giving her some character, not just the unattainable hot girl. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is that's the twist ending, right? Is because she seems to be perfect, right? That's that's who Angus wants. Yeah. She's dating the quarterback. She's like the picturesque, like blonde, perfect high school girl, right? Mm -hmm. But then she's like, do you ever wish you were somebody else? Do you ever get tired of, you know, who you are? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, sure, it seems formulaic, but like, I mean, to like 10, 12 year old me, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Everybody's got problems, you know, yeah. and it kind of, you know, has that message. And I think it's really cool. And the fact that he kind of gets the girl at the end, which is yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? I think he was supposed to kiss her when he did the dip at the dance. Uh huh. But that was like too risque or something. Yeah, it felt like there should have been a kiss there, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But she does kiss him on, and not even on the lips at the end. It's like on the side on of the, the mouth. cheek. Yeah, yeah. But it's super sweet. You yeah. You know, and um, really great scene. And he had his moment, like he wanted. You know, I think it was it was a victory, you know. And I thought the ending was a little abrupt. Um, looking back, I mean, it kind of felt like, I mean, where else do you take it? You know, the next day at school or whatever. But right. I think it's it's a wonderful movie and there there's so much going on. It's super funny and it's super there's a lot of wonderful dramatic moments. Um so I mean and Charlie uh Charlie's out there. You know, he's he's still out there doing interviews and things like that. So there's a lot of he's very accessible and things like that. So it's cool to see him still yeah, around and be I've uh, listened to a lot of podcasts he's done and uh little interviews, stuff on YouTube. Seems like a good dude. So cool. Charlie, if you're listening, you the man. Thank you, Crush Charlie, you. from me, uh, especially for um, crafting this character and being so uh, kind of influential. It's it's really cool. Um, One quick moment between Angus and <clears throat> Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when he's uh, drinking from the water fountain. He sees her coming. He's like going over what he's going to say. And he's like, 
he's like, hey, are you Melissa? He's like, of course you're Melissa. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. Are you Melissa? Of course you are. <laughs> and like, there, there's so many moments like that where it's. Yeah. So who is your MVP, Josh? I mean, it's Angus. It's Charlie. Okay. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, he he is this movie. He is, you know, the titular character. Um, but his performance, especially knowing that he had no pre like prior acting experience is incredible. Yeah, that's really impressive. I mean, his on-screen um, you know, vibe and like the way he delivers his lines, his comedy, his physical comedy. I mean, to know that he never did anything else on screen, it just feels like incredible to me. Yeah. Um but he is hilarious, um amazing, heartfelt. His his drama is great. I mean, it's it's just He's absolute 100% the MVP for me. So I will give it to Kathy Bates. I just think when mm. uh when she's giving that speech to the grandpa, yeah. That's like some serious acting, you know. Oh yeah. Not she's not to take away from actor, anybody yeah. else, but that's like whoa. Like that's like when uh you're you're good in college playing baseball, but you get to the majors and then it's like, whoa, we're with the pros now. That was yeah. like a moment, you know. Yeah, she was definitely flexing some chops there. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and they could have used her more often, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that she's not in the movie I don't movie know if she much. was had it in her contract, you know, she was only available for X amount of days or something, but uh, she went on to sell uh, printers at Sabre, so. What? The office. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought you meant for real. I was like, what? What? <laughs> Dumb joke. I'm sorry. Um, it was not dumb. I just didn't get it. I'm yeah, dumb. this was post misery. Yes, misery's 1990. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but doesn't she get naked in about Schmidt? Does she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I've never seen. She it. gets into it. There's a scene where she gets into a hot tub, and you're like, whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> Kathy Bates. Naked. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that exists, unless I okay. imagined it. Um, I don't know, man. This movie's just wonderful. Yeah, and I, I, I can recommend it a million different ways um so obviously i have a lot of nostalgia based on you know watching this at a certain time and it really just helped me through a time you know and, and revisiting today was kind of emotional for me and like it it's i think that's why i love movies man is because they they help you at times you know and mm-hmm. i think it's the movie that really really helped me and i have been championing this movie for a very long time and i will continue to do so so hopefully um there are people that feel the same way. And, you know, I know that you said it was just, you, you said it was a good movie, but it didn't really strike you. So I, it's interesting to see that, you know, there's, there's a difference Yeah, for people that didn't see it at a certain time, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, nostalgia and all mm-hmm. that, do you remember the show dinner in a movie it used to come on TBS? It's like a cooking show. I do kind of remember that kind of similar to what we're doing. So there's, um, if you go on YouTube, somebody recorded the Angus episode they did. Like it's got the commercials and everything, which is pretty sweet. Oh, really? Yeah. And they cook a dish based on the movie and they name it like pertaining to the movie. Do you want to know what they picked? Man, you know, I do. Uh, they made an Angus steak. It was called an outcast iron skillet Angus steak. That's excellent because he is kind of an outcast, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to cook up a steak for you, but hopefully those uh, those dang meatballs satisfied you. Those dang meatballs did VH satisfy me, my friend, and they are delicious. So. But it's a pretty cool slice of nostalgia on YouTube if you just type in Angus dinner in a movie. It's pretty cool. So the whole movie's on there? No, uh, just the host talking about oh, the, the movie segments. and like the, there's some commercials that got left in as well. It's pretty cool. Rad. I'm assuming it came out like late 90s or something. So cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I love this movie. I Everybody that's listened dog. to this 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 episode knows that I am just just wild about this movie and that it's it's. I think it's hilarious, heartfelt, and holds up. And um, I'll watch this movie any day of the week. Well, it seems to have uh, a well deserved cult following and doesn't seem to be going anywhere like people really champion this movie and rightfully so i mean me personally it didn't have the same effect but i get it you know i wish i had that feeling you know i feel left out but yeah 
Well, you're picking the next movie, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm interested. I don't know if you want to reveal it here. Also, I want to mention one thing about sure. this movie. I had to chase the VHS copy of this movie down in like 2006 or 2007 because I just wanted it. This movie wasn't on DVD until like 2009. That's right. Something to do with the music rights mm-hmm. with Warner Brother. Mm-hmm. Because um, there had like Weezer, Green Day, mm-hmm. Ash, um, the Riverdales. Really awesome soundtrack. We mentioned that before, but yeah. Well, Josh, next yeah. week is my pick. Yeah, and I am gonna pick. Can't hardly wait. Really? Yes. We're doing can't hardly wait. We're doing can't hardly wait. Oh, man, I can't hardly wait to do it. I can't hardly wait and bleed, bro. <laughs> <laughs> gonna listen to Slipknot, watch that movie. Oh God, can't hardly wait. I'm really excited. Uh, that was a. This is another movie that I grew up watching. So it's a good one. It's a great and one. And yeah. we're we're. We're coming back to our boy Seth Green. Some more Seth Green, yeah. Maybe we should uh shot in the dark here, reach out to Seth Green, just be like, dude, will you just give us five minutes with the Wiley man? Like come on the podcast. <laughs> Wiley Why man, not? you know Why me. Not? Come on, Seth, come VH snack with us. Wear hockey bet. underwear, man. Dan I'm wearing a Zamboni. I'm wearing, wearing hockey underwear right now. Yeah, when I was at the Canes game the other night and the Zamboni guy was driving around, I almost took a picture of it and sent it to you and be like, yo, I didn't know Wiley's dad was here. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. I don't know why I know. you even. I don't even know why you hesitated. I, I took dude. the picture and everything. I was like about to pull the trigger, and then I don't know. I got distracted. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, at Anyways. least you're doing it now, which I appreciate. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm excited for the next time on VH Snacking, and I'm really happy that you watched Angus and got a little more familiar with it. You know, and, yeah. and you know, I had a good time um, researching it and everything. And cool. Yeah. I think I'm ready for some more meatballs, honestly. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, meatballs, some, uh, uh, some plum tux meatballs. I'm ready for some <laughs> putting on some EDM. <laughs> Eating some dang meatballs. <laughs> Eating some dang meatballs. <laughs> can't wait. That was good. Well, I can't, can't hardly, hardly wait. wait. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, why don't you sign us off there, Josh? All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and keep on VH snacking. <laughs>